1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
2: We hear about this a lot in food, but, you know, there's no good food, no bad food. It's just how much of it you consume and how we frame it in our lives. There's nothing wrong with sugar, at all in isolation, but because we consume so much sugar, then then it becomes a problem. Uh, and I think we just need to have better options so that you've got more ability to say, "Yes, I'll go out Monday, Tuesday, and see you," and 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 I can still have a good drink and have a nice time and, and see friends, as opposed to yeah, punishing ourselves.
3: Hello, and welcome to the Not Perfect podcast with me, your host Poppy Jamie the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. This show is about giving you a pause to nurture and nourish your mind, body, and soul. Each week I speak to world experts, authors, scientists, and inspirational leaders to share their wisdom and advice so we can all live better from the inside out and reach our full potential. I hope you join me on the journey. To kickstart our new founder story conversations, I have a brilliant entrepreneur who's disrupting the drinks industry and putting wellness at the center of her work. This week's guest is Claire Warner, the brains behind the brand Acorn. Their mission is to bring people together by creating delicious non-alcoholic drinks. So everyone, despite whether you're drinking alcohol or not, can connect, feel included, enjoy a complex taste, but yet have none of the other stuff. This couldn't be a better conversation to have in light of the fact dry January for some people is approaching. But because of Claire's work, January doesn't need to be a month, of depriving ourselves of good tastes. Claire is one of the world's most respected mixologists, and after discovering a 17th century book of herbal remedies, she decided it was going to be her inspiration for a line of aperitifs. The statistics show, and personally I'm seeing too, More people than ever before are wanting non-alcoholic choices for many reasons and Claire has been one of the world's leading voices in meeting this need alongside her co-founder Ben Branson who previously founded Seedlip. Claire's been on a mission for years to prioritize inclusivity and health in an industry that's not always had that as a focus. I've been intrigued by the brand ever since I first tried it because Acorn's drinks have the exact same texture as wine, but obviously none of the alcohol. I wanted to find out how they managed to do this and the journey into leading such a new area of the industry. I'm excited for you to hear Claire's experience of navigating entrepreneurship and how she looks after her mind in the process. Head to the link in the show notes to learn more about Acorn and let's jump into today's chat
2: what's a favorite quote you return to often and why you know at acorn we're, we're really committed to finding ways to bring people together and one of the quotes that really speaks to that is if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together and When I first read that quote, I thought that just sums up everything we're trying to achieve at ACORN um, and the power of togetherness and what you can achieve. So yeah, I go back to that a lot. I think that is such a powerful quote for
3: all kind of like the power of teamwork. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently?
2: I have been really reminded over the last six months of the importance of slowing down Um, I feel that the last 20 years of my career, I've been running for an invisible destination as though if I don't get there quickly, you know, either the opportunity will go or I'll be beaten to it. And I've been kind of racing for the last 20 years. And this last sort of six months has really given me the opportunity to slow down, to pause and reflect to hopefully be kinder to myself and people around me (laughs) so so that's for me that now the importance of reflection and slowness and not necessarily racing to the finish line and enjoying the journey rather than getting to the destination you know
3: when you are The only potentially woman around a table for years. And you have to, you know, I imagine at times try four times as hard as maybe your counterpart had to. And you had to think twice as much, you know, in the way that you were going to phrase something. What would you turn to to get the kind of the additional strength that you needed at times, or what's helped you manage
2: and succeed over the last kind of decade? Goodness me, I think back to like the person I was 20 years ago, and there's many times when I've doubted myself and, you know, felt as though I couldn't speak up in meetings or that my opinions weren't valid or weren't heard. And, you know, my mum is absolutely fearless. And uh, when I would talk to her about these sort of situations where I'd be in a boardroom or I'd be presenting to 200 people, you know, and I'd be really nervous about it she'd tell me to to not be so silly and to just get out there and do it and that I knew I knew more than they did and in fact the only reason I applied for the job at Moet Hennessy was because she said to me well they can only say no right otherwise I wouldn't have even thought that I was capable or you know worthy of that sort of position so I think at times of like self-doubt even now I go back to her and say like you know what do you think mum she's normally give me some kick-ass advice.
3: I love that focus on what's the worst that could happen. It will be a no. And suddenly you go, oh, I can handle that.
2: Great. I'm going to move forward. Yeah, exactly. How do you define happiness? So happiness for me, again, come back to the sort of chasing that invisible destination. And I used to believe that it was somewhere that your happiness would be somewhere that you'd get to, you'd finally arrive to. But actually now I take the moments of happiness and I feel them and when I'm feeling joy or being playful or, or feeling connected to the people around me. I recognise those smaller, more fleeting moments that I are where I find happiness now. You know, walking my dog, chatting to my husband at the end of the day, you know, even just like a great workout, you know, just yeah. all those sort of small little bits of the day that fill you with joy. That's for me is like, you know, happiness.
3: So this brings me on nicely to talk about ACORN because you're creating so many moments, so many more moments ha- of happiness for people um, in their ability to socialise in different ways. I would love to talk about the name ACORN because I think this naming situation, it's like almost like naming a child. It seems yes. so tricky. How
2: did you guys find the name ACORN? It was a real challenge, I'm not going to lie. But the recipe came first, and the recipe we found in a seventeenth century manuscript wow. tucked away, yeah, tucked away at the back of this very old manuscript um, talking about ways to improve digestion, and in it was a recipe for acorn wine. And that recipe had all of the hallmarks of a traditional vermouth, but it was a, an English recipe. And it contained wormwood and all, all, all sorts of very classic vermouth style ingredients, but it contained acorns. So we were really our sort of curiosity was piqued about what does acorn what do acorns taste like. So we made up the recipe. It was really disgusting. <laughs> but very, very bitter. And a lot of that bitterness had come from the acorn, which was surprising because they're so tiny and but they're little powerhouses of bitterness, which is really exciting because many bitter ingredients actually come from Europe or or South America. They're not traditionally British. Uh, it's quite difficult to find very, very bitter ingredients in this country. So we were like, you know, this is a good opportunity for us to bring back the acorn as a British bitter ingredient. And and that could be at the heart of our range of aperitifs because bitterness is really what drives um, the functionality of an aperitif. So, What is an aperitif? Sorry. Great question. It is essentially your pre-dinner drink or any drink you have before food. So a glass of champagne, a gin and tonic, a spritz, a um, you know, glass of vermouth. All of these drinks have bitterness as a, as a kind of thread that links them. They're all slightly bitter or they slightly herbaceous. And traditionally they are alcoholic and it's the bitterness and the alcohol that work to generate or or stimulate your digestive system and that makes you hungry and then you go and eat your delicious meal and so bitterness so when you take alcohol out um, of aperitifs what you have or what we use is bitterness to still stimulate the digestive system so our aperitifs will still make you hungry very sessionable you can drink drink as many as you like, Um, and they're very Moorish and they will make you hungry for food. So we always like to pair olives or nuts or crisps with with acorn. So this locating of a British bittering ingredient was super exciting for us. And so so we put acorn in everything we do. But we weren't really thinking about the name yet. Uh, We were struggling with lots of different concepts. We discovered a whole sort of lost art of female... Sort of herbalists in England. A lot of these women were seen as witches and maybe burned at the stake or their, their books were rewritten by men and the men took credit for their writing. And so there was a lot of this sense of like lost women in, in, in the early research that we were doing, which is super fascinating. So there was a bit of that going on. And then so Ben and I were sat in the Welcome Museum in um, London thinking, what can we call our, our, our brand? And I just happened to pick up a book um, called The Lost Words, which is a spell book for children. Now I didn't know this and this book um, blew my mind, but since 2013, probably a dozen or so words are removed from the Oxford English Children's Dictionary that relate to the natural world. So words such as acorn, otter, bramble, heron, all of these lovely natural words are taken out of the dictionary to make room for words such as broadband or laptop. That is so sad that these beautiful
3: natural words are being taken out of what is being educated to children
2: on such a significant level like the English Dictionary. Exactly. And I think when we don't have language for the world around them, then why why would you care about it as well? So this this spellbook really moved us. And it, the book's written by uh, Robert McFarlane, who writes a lot about the natural world. And in it, there's a poem about the acorn. We were like, actually, why don't we just call this acorn? And why can't we reclaim this word that's been taken out of a dictionary and preserve it in, in some way. Because if we don't, then who knows in a few years time, 20 years from now, will we even know what that thing that comes off of an oak tree is called? So, so that's why we, we called it acorn and we spell it in the old English spelling for acorn, which is to use the diphthong, which is the combination of A and E. So um, I didn't know this, but there was a great vowel consolidation again in the sort of 1700s where all of the um, regional uh, dialects would have had their own vowel uh, usage. And these were all consolidated to the vowels that we use today so that we only have a few. And the AE, the diphthong was one that, that, didn't, that didn't make it. So we, we love the shape of it. We love the way it looks and, and it still reads acorn very clearly. So we decided to, to spell it that way. To me, I've
3: taken so much away and just I wanted just to recap a couple of points. First of all, this obviously is a great alternative for an alcoholic drink, but the additional benefits not only obviously does it it doesn't contain alcohol, so you're going to feel brilliant the next morning but also to actually aid digestion like it actually has this really strong health element to it as well and also what I love is that
2: you've dived into the history of what we used mm. to kind of consume yeah I think there's so much in our history around great food and drink and I think it was Mark Twain that said there's no such thing as a new idea and we we've essentially updated what what is a a fascinating recipe for a modern palate taking the acorns as one of the ingredients. Um, But what's great now is that um, we are becoming um, more interested in bitter flavors. Generally, you look at the rise of um, coffee, chocolate, you know, even kale, you know, we're becoming really fascinated by flavors that are perhaps more interesting than just sweet and sour or What's the other one now salty you know we're we're looking for we're looking to other uh, food and drink cultures to give us inspiration we're we're exploring online for more interesting flavors and bitterness i think is one of those flavors that is sometimes intimidating so you almost have to work up to it you know like earn your stripes and um, you know fall in love with the complexity of bitterness because it does such a great job of awakening your palate in preparation for food Uh, and also helps you to digest the food as well so that you know you can have acorn pre-dinner post-dinner but it'll do the same job of helping you digest Oh, I'm I'm really fascinated. Uh, we haven't ever really explored, I guess,
3: like the on this podcast the variation of drink. You know, often when we talk about nutrition, it's just so based on food. That's mm-hmm. but actually this you know idea of kind of nutrition and what you choose to drink too fascinating. What inspired you to start up a non-alcoholic beverage company? Because this is a really
2: new area of the wellness industry. It's pretty new. I mean, I would say that um, Ben Seedlip Ben or SeedLit came first and um, pioneered this incredible movement to give people something to drink when they're not drinking. And I've known Ben for about 10 years and we first connected over our mutual love of nature. He then uh, approached me three and a half years ago to say, I want to change the world. I want to change the way the world drinks. And I would like you to come and help me do that. And I wanted, personally to take non alcohol in a slightly different direction from Seedlip and to create products that work really well with food, because food is really where we do a lot of our most meaningful connecting. And I saw that there was a great opportunity to take inspiration from the beautiful European aperitif tradition, of which there are thousands of different types of aperitivo, and you know, really leverage the botanical richness of aperitivo drinks and create a range of aperitifs that don't use alcohol but are very complex and multifaceted and have all of the same hallmarks of a classic Italian or French aperitif, but without the alcohol. And so we created acorn. So acorn is a range of three aperitifs. Uh, our hero, my favourite, is bitter, which is Bitter and bold and bright red and uh, tastes exactly as you would imagine it to in a spritz. For me, that's a very happy, playful, spontaneous drink that you would naturally have if you're on holiday or you know at the end of a day. And it crucially, helps you feel as though you are part of belonging to you know your group of friends or if you're at a work situation or whoever you're with, you should feel included with being able to drink something delicious. And that's what we've created with ACORN.
3: I so I've been drinking it for the last like few weeks and I have <laughs> to say you fully would not know like I don't know what it is about <laughs> if it's the flavor whatever but it gives you this mood boost but what I love what you said in a recent interview is you guys are actually alcohol neutral like this is not a brand that's about like don't drink alcohol everyone and for mm. me with the name like happy not perfect this was kind of important because often I feel that I'm being a complete fraudulent kind of wellness advocate you know I. <laughs> I'm kind of like four these down and what I, <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this is that you're kind of a bit like we're here for everyone
2: yeah absolutely and that's why we you know it's all about putting flavor first we use uh so many different bitter herbs and botanicals including the eponymous acorn, which gives an added dimension of bitterness, which I just, you know, I love that we, we we found a way to use British acorns. What you're describing when you're having acorn and feeling the same effects is really, you know, it's a kind of Pavlovian response to an experience that's mm-hmm. very, very similar to the one that you're expecting to have with, say, an alcoholic spritz. So, you know, a lot of it is down to the psychological reaction of, you know, how we consume, how we eat, how we drink, that we want to create drinks that are familiar, that are reassuring, that can give you that experience, but also not be constrained by being a mimic So we're not saying, you know, this is a non-alcoholic vermouth, this is not a non-alcoholic Amaro, because then people come with an expectation that they're going to have exactly the same experience as drinking vermouth or Amaro. Whereas we're saying, actually, this is something else. This gives you more freedom to enjoy it without trying to think, is this exactly the same as beer? Is this exactly the same as uh, rum? We're just trying to create more freedom, yet link it root it in the familiarity of the of the drinking experience that you're looking for so what are your thoughts on dry January because obviously we're coming
3: up to that month where suddenly everyone goes oh gosh I'm going to stop drinking and it's this like abstinence
2: and it's almost this punishment and what are your thoughts on that Exactly that. I absolutely um, celebrate the charity aspect of, of Stoptober or people that, you know, give up alcohol and then perhaps donate the money that they would have spent on on charity work. But for me, you know, we're, we're looking to create or, or offer options that mean that the month of dry January doesn't feel like it's penance for mm. 11 months of however else you were drinking. I just would like there to be more options for us so that we can all perhaps moderate or have a more positive relationship with alcohol so that we can pick and choose when we drink alcohol so that we can all participate and celebrate uh, important moments of our lives. And I think, you know, we, we hear about this a lot in food, but you know, there's no good food, no bad food. It's just how much of it you consume and how we frame it in our lives. There's nothing wrong with sugar at all in isolation but because we consume so much sugar then then it becomes a problem Uh, and I think we just need to have better options so that as I mentioned you know you just you've got more ability to say yes I'll go out Monday Tuesday and see you and 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 I can still have a good drink and have a nice time and, and see friends as opposed to yeah punishing ourselves. So obviously, you know, this is your first
3: time setting up a company, having moved from the corporate world. What habits have you cultivated that help you lead a life of an entrepreneur, which, you know, is potentially slightly more stressful, has more certainty attached to it? Are there any things
2: that you now just have become a non-negotiable? So I always wanted to be a runner. I always loved running, but I was just not very good at it. And only in the last year have I... I read a really good book about how to run slow and that now has given me such a, a lovely place to go when I'm, you know, feeling stressed or just want to, you know, get rid of the day, particularly during the last six months. So now I, I run very far. The other week I just got up and on a Sunday and had a piece of toast and then ran half a marathon. Wow. It's, it's literally given me so much more confidence as well to know that I've got something in my locker to help me switch off. Mm. But running has just been a lifesaver for me. Funnily enough, exactly the same for me too. I've got into running this year
3: and I don't know what I'd do without it. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting to hear someone else has kind of like got into running. And me too, I never claimed myself a runner. I used to act- absolutely despise it. And for some reason, I've kind of mm. got into it too. I'm definitely not there with running far, but I'm... You're I'm, running too fast then. could <laughs> do fast. a whole other. A whole other thing on slow running. Yeah, I'm going to look at that book and I'll put it in the show notes for anyone who's also interested. <laughs> if you could give yourself some advice um, to your younger self before you
2: started the company, what would it be? Be brave and stop asking for permission. I spent a lot of time saying to Ben, is it okay if we do this? What about this? What do you think about that? And he'd be like, what do you think? Do you want to do it? And just having a little bit more confidence in my own instinct, my own belief and to ask for forgiveness, right? Less, less than permission. So that, yeah, be brave. Is there anything you've done to help yourself be
3: more brave, just aside from telling yourself to be more brave? Is there anything, do you journal or is it, or is there any process?
2: We have a brilliant coaching culture at Seed Live and Acorn. So um, quite a few of us, in fact, all of the senior management team are coaches. So we all Uh, we have peer-to-peer coaching that has been transformational for me the ability to sit with someone and and for a space to be created for you know us to, to talk about the things that are most challenging in a safe space that's that's been that's been fantastic and do
3: you bring that into your personal life too kind of these skills I guess that you're creating at work
2: Yes, um, tough to coach my husband. But But, um, definitely with my personal relationships, I coach my mum now as opposed to she doesn't know. I mean, I don't know if that's ethical or not. But she, uh, you know, we would just have our opinions, as I mentioned earlier, she's very opinionated, we would have our opinions and talk at each other. And actually, I realised a while ago that my mum really loves it if you just give her space to share what she's thinking and then ask her lots of questions because actually who we don't really get enough of that in our lives anyway who who do we have that holds that space for us and just asks us questions so that we can dig a little deeper and think about things in a different way or give us a slightly different perspective so i found that actually has helped our relationship quite quite considerably for me to hold that space and then she in return without even knowing that she does it now reciprocate so she's kind of getting good at coaching even though she doesn't know that's what she's doing.
3: I really really love that and I feel like that is such an easy takeaway for all of us in terms of like how can this week let's set ourselves the challenge of just allowing people more space and asking more Mm -hmm. questions and allowing people to unpack.
2: Yeah exactly so we we all say how are you we can be fine you know the easiest way into it is to say like how are you really um and then you know we always use this you know what else what else what else to give people that space to kind of think more deeply or actually to think you know what else because we we tend to exist on the surface of so, of so much of our lives or our relationships but just you know digging in a little deeper and just yeah as I say holding that space for people is, is so generous how are you how are you really
3: is there anything else what else what yeah else? what else
2: yeah yeah exactly you're now launching your own podcast aren't you I am yes our focus it's called spritzing hour and our focus is very much on on the people behind the brands or the ideas that are helping us more meaningfully connect or enhance our social lives for the better um so yes it's been it's been fantastic to just be on the other side of this and and be the one asking the questions (laughs) (laughs) okay spritzing hour I'll put that on the show notes too for anyone
3: who wants to find that um well thank you so much this has been really interesting I love digging deep into founder stories because to set up a company is no joke and also to set up a company that is god meeting such a demand like you are again and carving out this new era of the wellness industry as said is really exciting where can people find you to ask questions and obviously most importantly where can we find acorn because
2: i really recommend everyone give it a try Oh, thank you. Well, for me, you can, um, I'm on hello, Claire Warner on Instagram, that's probably the easiest way for people to get in touch. Um, Or you can send us an email at hello at acorndrinks.com. We are available in Waitrose, uh, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon. Um, But equally, you know, just go to acorndrinks.com and shop through there. Do you ship globally for US listeners? Not yet, but we will be introducing Acorn into the U.S. early next year. So it's, I think, 80% of our requests come from the U.S. So we know that there's a huge audience and appetite for Acorn there. So we're excited to to get into the U.S. So, yeah, early next year. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been brilliant. Thank you, Poppy.
3: Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time.